0: Hey guys, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Today's episode of the Twiniversity Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cybex. Cybex has a new game-changing car seat for your 20s. It's called the Serona M., The Serona M has Cybex's exclusive SensorSafe 2.0 technology, which is integrated right into their five-point safety harness chest clip. It syncs with the vehicle's receiver and a caregiver's cell phone to provide alerts to the child's well-being. And I'll answer the question for you, yes. Yes, you can sync up multiple seats to your app. You could also add your spouse, grandma, nanny, babysitter, and everybody so that everybody can rest assured knowing that your kiddos are always safe and sound when in the car. For more information on Cybex's Serona M with SensorSafe 2.0, visit cybex-online.com. Hey gang, it's Nat, and thanks for coming back for another great episode of our Twin Diversity podcast. Um, it's funny because I don't think I ever say, "Hey guys, it's Nat, and welcome to a very disappointing uh, version of our <laughs> podcast." Right? We. Well, why would anybody fuck, say that? So. This one, this one's horrible. <laughs> Honestly, you're better off just going for that root canal because that's going to be much more enjoyable than what's about to happen right now. <laughs> so if you hear the uh, chuckling in the back, that is Julie. So Julie Nichols is our Twiniversity Chicago instructor, as well as literally the wizard at Twiniversity, because she makes magical things happen.
1: I need a wand.
0: You really do need it.
1: I wizard have two Oz, in the basement. The Wizard of Oz didn't have a wand, though. That's true. Well, he wasn't really a wizard. So that's uh-huh. that's really... That's the difference. (laughs) I'm actually a wizard. I was going to say that's probably the the same. I really am just back here. doing.
0: Well, when you applied for the job at Twiniversity and your references was Hogwarts, (laughs) I assume when your educational experience was that. Okay. So guess what, guys? So today we are talking about one of the hottest topics we have had at Twiniversity since our inception and the discussion is all about not loving having twins right because i think a lot of us feel um it's a very polarizing topic i'm going to use my $2 word of the day polarizing by natalie diaz so everybody feels very differently and we we got this um i think it came in through facebook right jewel mm-hmm. our original message and do you have the original message? Could you pull that pull that up because I, I want to read it. And so Julie's gonna pull that up. and while she's pulling that up, I'm gonna let you know that we don't really talk about this that much because we really try to focus on the positive stuff and like, you know what? It's already happening. We're not having a selective reduction discussion. That's not going to happen here at Twiniversity. If you found Twiniversity, you've obviously kind of, you know, are just coming to terms with the fact of that second heartbeat or are like super thrilled or not thrilled or whatever. But there was this this, um, this message that came through. So, Jill, don't read um, this mom's name, but read us the message. Okay. And we'll go from there.
1: Okay. So, the mom wrote. I have 11-month-old twin girls, and I hate having twins. When I found out I was pregnant with twins, I was not excited. I only wanted one baby, but it got even worse after they were born. It's twice the work and half the sleep that singleton parents, singleton parents have. They were my first pregnancy, so I'll never know what it's like to have that easy life of just one baby. Don't get me wrong, I love both of my kids and I soak in the magical twin moments and experiences whenever they occur. I know I'm blessed, and I don't hate having kids. I just wish I could have had them one at a time. Any other twin parents dealt with or dealing with this?
0: Now, what I feel bad about about this mom is not the words that she's saying, but that she thinks like she's the only one that feels this way. So to me, when I I read that Right, because Jewel sends it to me, and so to be very, very honest with you, there's a lot of stuff that gets filtered through the Mob Squad and then comes to me. Right, there's like this this weird little chain of know, command. Food. Yeah, I was gonna say food pyramid. <laughs> I don't know why. It's because I have almonds. I'm looking at almonds right in front of me. So <laughs> we have this food pyramid at Twin university, where sometimes there's like this is such a hot topic. Like we need an official statement, right? So we need something. And so I started writing this and I I could not stop. And my heart broke for her and not because I was sad for her, but because I know exactly how she feels. So when I when I personally found out that I was having twins, it was after a like a 5 year bout of obvious infertility, right? We had like this really ridiculous time trying to get pregnant. And when we finally did get pregnant, and it was twins for my first, you know, my first ever attempt at IVF, I really wasn't happy. And you would think that I would be after having, you know, such ridiculous problems for five years, that I would be like, yes, bonus baby. But for five years, I had envisioned what my life would be like with my single baby. So now for a lot of you who who may or may not know I live in New York City proper I live in lower Manhattan I live in an old tenement building which is a type of building that you would see on like a PBS documentary about immigrants That's True. that's right Rachel <laughs> I live in a building that was built, I think in 1878 is the age of my building. When this building was built, there was no plumbing or electricity. They were afterthoughts because this was such a poor area. Um, my family has been here since it was poor. It's, we're still, we're not a poor family. I don't want to say that, but um, it's certainly not like this pinkies up real housewives of New York experience. So I lived in a walk up. They, I had no elevator to get upstairs to my apartment. You would have to do three sets of the most steepest 17 stairs possible. To me, they're not steep because I've been walking up them since I'm a little girl. But to a normal human, it's like, whoa, this is like a Six Flags ride that I'm walking up these stairs. So when we found out about the, this twins, this, this, this second heartbeat, I was like, oh, shit. How am I gonna get up and down the stairs? How am I gonna go to the drugstore? How am I gonna go food shopping? How am I gonna walk the dog? Like it was this mind-blowing, and I always say, and and Julie's heard me use this reference, it was literally the record scratch on my life. That second heartbeat. Not the IVF, not the infertility. It was like, you thought you knew what was going to happen. Didn't really happen. So in my book, when I wrote the book, um, what to do when you're having to, if you don't know, I wrote this, this little book, that's all the rage in uh, this world. Me too, Jewel. I got it open. But what's funny is, is that I actually have it open to the page where I talk about that. And It's literally, I I know that you guys can't see this because you're listening to it because it's a podcast, but on page 1X, so it's like before the book even begins, I tell you the story of how I was like, this is not going to be great for me. So from my very first, you know, moment of conception of my twins, I, Natalie Diaz, twin guru, leader of the twin parenting revolution, right? Like that would be like who I am and what I do. I was like, what? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Jewel, when you found out that there was the bonus heartbeat, what what was that moment like for you?
1: Well, similarly to you, we went through a long process of infertility. So for us, it was two years and it was our first try with IVF. And it just so happened that the day before i was supposed to have my um ultra like i found out that we were having that we, i was pregnant mm-hmm. because of the blood test and then they said okay come back in 10 days for your first ultrasound it was going to be a vaginal ultrasound and uh the day before i started bleeding so i was like 99 percent sure it was over and i was yeah. so upset um that after all of that i was like oh my god it's it's ending yeah um so i kind of went into it assuming nothing was happening and that they were gone. And um and we had trans- we had transferred two embryos. Um and I didn't think either of them were gonna stick. That's kind of how bad it gets when you go through infertility for so long you just assume nothing's gonna work. Um so when I got up on the table and was in the stirrups and they started doing it and then my doctor said, Well I see three sacks. That was the moment where we started to freak because we thought we were having triplets. So then once we found two heartbeats and that the third was actually just a blood clot, it was relief and joy that it wasn't triplets. <laughs> I really apologize no, to those of you. I was have just going to say
0: disclaimer. Sorry to disclaimer.
1: Moms nothing and dads. against triplets. No, but no we way. that we really weren't expecting triplets. I mean, beyond everything, I thought I was going to have nothing. I thought it was going to be you know two empty sacks, or one, or nothing. Um, so once we got past the initial shock, then it was it went from the anxiety and fear of the IVF not working to now transferring to the anxiety and fear of having twins. And um I feel like throughout my pregnancy, I wasn't as worried or I wasn't as much like not enjoying the fact that I was going to have twins. It was once they were born that i absolutely had many many moments where i felt like this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Like why do all of these people i know get to just have their one baby and and i have to deal with this two times as much and you know it, it's just not fair. And everything in my life up until that point pretty much had been pretty fair. You know, i did all the things i was supposed to do. I paid my taxes. I'm a good person and Now I'm having to not have the experience that most women get to have when they do have Mm -hmm. their child. They have stress from having an extra baby. And, um, you know, I wasn't able to breastfeed because of many factors, but definitely was because I had two of them. And um, I absolutely felt cheated.
0: Oh, my God. And but the one thing you weren't cheated on was the vaginal and C-section deliveries in the same day. Look at you.
1: (gasps) Look at you doing things. That's why I tell my students. I'm like, I, look, I get to tell you how both was. That's you it. You know, I know what it's like to have a vaginal and C-section in the same day. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God! Now, I there's a
0: piece of me that's good. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I'm like afraid even to talk about this a little bit, because I don't want to be. I don't want to be like that person who's like, um, yeah, it was horrible because I keep a very positive attitude, right? And I'm like, Twiniversity is all about lifting you up and making you laugh. And like, we got to be part of this. But there was a lot of moments like usual that I really I had this whole vision, right? So five years, I had a vision that I was going to deliver at a birthing center in a tub. With the scent of patchouli around me. I ch- shit you not. We're gonna have to be make- <laughs> 13, by the way. Usually all podcasts are yeah. And I wanted now. like Enya playing. I did. I want like I had this whole idea, freaking baby story. I blame that whole. I know that damn TLC. show. Hate you all, TLC. <laughs> so TLC had me believing that I like, I knew what I wanted. I wanted a birth plan and like, oh my gosh, I really, I wanted like this whole experience. And then like, I wanted to like catch my baby as she shot out of my loins and put her to my bosom of where she immediately started breastfeeding in the magic hour that La Leche is constantly on their soapbox about. And I had like this whole vision of what I thought my birth process was gonna be like And then it was like right in his face. Somebody punched me in the throat. It was that second heartbeat. And I was like, boof, there goes my water birth. There goes my patchouli, you know, scented bath oils. Because with a twin, vaginal with the twin delivery. And by the way, I did end up having a vaginal delivery. There was no scent of patchouli. There was so many things that I could have done differently to take a little bit more of the control, which is what we talk about in twinversity classes, by the way, on how to take a little bit more control of your birth. But clearly there's a lot that's out of your control because there is, um, there is a lot of medical interventions that are necessary to keep the baby safe and to keep the, uh, the mom safe right? So we have like all these things that we have to deliver in an operating room. And I know that, that Bryn actually just covered a story on the birth hour that was about surprise twins. So this woman had a home birth and she thought it was going to be a singleton baby. It ended up being a, a secondary baby, yeah, but that
1: is some call the midwife shit right there. <laughs> but, you, but
0: you know what, not oh, for nothing. Is- can I tell you the, some, the thing that bothers me about that is that on one hand, I'm so excited for her that she had this experience and she had it the way that she wanted, but then there's a piece of me that's like, I'm scared. Like what, God forbid, like that second baby was, you know, three pounds lighter or whatever, whatever. So anyway, the moral of the story is I really, really was not very thrilled. And then like Julie said, See, I wasn't thrilled through the pregnancy. I had a very bad pregnancy. I had a very, very bad pregnancy. I had preeclampsia. I ended up developing a help syndrome. My body was going to hell in a handbasket. Starting at 27 weeks, I started getting this pain in my chest, which was the kind of the the precursor to preeclampsia. And I could remember sitting in my nursery, right? The room, it was totally not even remotely completed, but I bought a rocker because, you know, you're supposed to when you're having a baby. So I had this rocker that I'm sitting there and it was like three o'clock in the morning and the lights were off except for the kitchen light. So a little light was radiating through my doorway from another room. And I was sitting there and I'm just rocking and rocking and rocking. And I said, honestly, what I should do. And I swear, this is the craziest thing that I've ever thought. I said, I should really just cut my leg off because if I cut my leg off, I won't feel the pain of this preeclampsia business. Because you'll feel the pain of your leg? Yeah. I was like, this is a logical thing to me. Like, this is when I should have known that, well, clearly I knew that something was wrong. I was ended up being admitted into the hospital, not because of my psychosis, but because that pain was like super surreal. And when I ended up delivering the babies. I was on a significant amount of morphine and all this other stuff. And I can't help but wonder, would this have gone this way if it was only one baby? Like, right, we have we have a higher incidence of so many more things, right? You go in like this advanced pregnancy when you're having twins. Would I have had you know, a, like a very typical pregnancy where I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so beautiful. Let's take a belly shot. Let me paint a, a pumpkin on it. And let's, let's <laughs> do this. Right. I want that. I wanted all that, <laughs> but I was too busy deciding cut my leg off, not cut my leg off. What should I do? So I missed out on a lot of things. And then You know, once the babies are here, my baby spent a significant amount of time in the NICU. So my kids were there. My one was there for 14 days. The other one was there for 34 days, despite the fact that I've delivered at 34 weeks. Technically, they should not have been there that long. But the saying goes, and it's statistically true, that you should never anticipate. Hold on. I have to talk to Alexa. Alexa, alarm off. Sorry, that's my laundry, everybody. So, you know... Ah, Alexa freaking distracted me. (laughs) I hate when that happens, but I would never remember to put my clothes in the dryer otherwise, guys. Um, But yeah, I don't know what the hell I was saying. Oh, so wait, they were in the NICU for a while and they're not supposed to be home until their actual due date, which was true for me. So my kids weren't both home until their due date. But what are some of the things that people are, are saying on Facebook, Jewel? Because why we're talking about this is
1: because... It seems like we hit a nerve with a lot of you. Mm-hmm. And well, we do have um, a comment. Someone says that they feel guilty a lot because they can't do as much with their two older children because they can't handle all four kids out by themselves.
0: Yeah, four kids outside.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you and I, the, our twins are our only kids. Yes. I mean, people who had children before their twins or after their twins, you know, really more before. Um, yeah. is when it kind of hits you, um, but uh, Laura says that she cried uncontrollably 100% unhappy tears when she found out she was pregnant with twins, and um, lots of people saying that they can relate, so that's that's really nice to see um, people, you know, being able to admit, and I'm sure that, you know, our conversation today is probably going to help a lot of people to feel less guilty about their feelings knowing that other people many other people like them have the same feelings. Um and see my beef is that and this is something that I've touted for a very long time since I was I was trained in conflict resolution and how to deal with your emotions when I worked for a theater company and I was working with children on all these issues I feel kind of like a counselor um but they always said you feel what you feel. Yes. But what you do about it, that's your choice. Yes. Okay. So I just want everybody out there listening to know that if you have feelings of guilt, of regret, of feeling like you were cheated, it's okay to feel this. This is normal. You're feeling these feelings for a reason, but what you do about it, yeah, that is your choice. Are you just going to, you know, let it eat you alive? Are you just going to let it bring you down, 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 down? Or are you going to be like, look, I have a problem because I have these feelings and I don't want to have these feelings. What can I do about it? So for me personally, once my twins were born, and I know that I definitely had postpartum anxiety, I immediately started singing the therapist that dealt in postpartum issues. Like I got home from the hospital and it was like the next day I was in to see somebody um not only because i was really upset about what happened during my birth with having the double whammy but then just kind of like oh, i've been preparing this whole time and now they're here and i don't i can't manage like i can't like i'm freaking out here and i'm so glad that i did see somebody and i saw her for their whole first year and i probably should have kept going but i really couldn't afford it anymore but it was really worth every penny um and even if you have no money there is there are Therapists you can talk to for free over the phone. There's this whole network um, that, that um, we've ho- found out about. So let us know in the comments if you want to know about that. I'll try to post um, a link later. I got to track it down. But having somebody to talk to that was like a third party that wasn't my mom or my husband or people that were directly involved, it was nice because I felt like I could confess to somebody, mm-hmm. somebody that would understand um, and who wouldn't make me feel bad about having those feelings, but would help me to get um, tactics and plans to put in place. Like, okay, so you have these feelings. So now what are we going to do about it? How are we going to make this better? Um, so that's like, if I didn't have her, I probably would have gone in bad. It would have been really bad. So
0: I think it does go bad most of the time. And we've talked about this we've talked about this. I don't think we talked about it on a podcast, but we talked about it in a Facebook live with Dina. And you know, one thing that twin parents don't always get to experience is that very being discharged on time, going to your doctor on time. And once upon a time, we had a great discussion about postpartum depression, and not even depression, right? Because I hate calling it postpartum depression because it's it's as big as the freaking earth. And we're calling it one thing, bloop. It is postpartum mood disorder. So a lot of us have different postpartum mood disorders, whether it's OCD, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression. I mean, there's it, there, it, it's a huge topic. And typically the first person that addresses that is your pediatrician, right? But with me, right, I didn't go to a pediatrician for over a month. I was in the NICU. So we never went to a pediatrician. And then once I got to the pediatrician, I was so accepting on the way that I felt, never thinking that I should feel anything different because there was no, I just assumed that every single parent always felt this overwhelmed and so now look right you have these babies you may have not wanted to but now you got to now they're here great now both are sick awesome i just delivered babies my body failed me what a piece of shit i am that my body freaking failed me that i couldn't even hold these kids in so already i'm a failure as a mom and by the way these are real feelings this is not like oh i heard people say this I really didn't even want to meet my kids once I was, once I got out of delivery and I was, I mean, in recovery, I was in recovery for a very long time. I would finally got to my room and I'm like, I'm out. I'm not raising these kids. I want nothing to do with them. I, I, I already failed them. I literally already failed these kids and they just got here, but I can't do this. I got to get out of here. And my sister, which is why the book is dedicated to my sister said, let's go. Let's go. Get dressed. Come on. Where do you want to go? And like, I'm—I don't know why, but if had somebody said, "Oh, don't do that," I would have just gotten argumentative because that's my personality. I don't know if anybody could sense that, but I would argue. (laughs) Uh, But instead, my sister was like, "Let's go," and then I was like, "Okay, let's go." But then a few minutes later, I was like, "But wait, I really can't go. Let me at least breastfeed, give them the breast milk, because maybe I could make it better for my husband, right? Because he's going to end up raising them because I'm out." like I'm out of here and so all these things and then she was like well you know maybe we should wait until this or maybe we should wait until this and just make sure everything goes and so with this discussion it was really it was great that I had her but my sister's been in therapy since she's a baby I mean my sister has always been somebody who um I don't know why I'm not going to say that my parents love her more but I tend to think they do and so my, my parent, my family in general is pretty good about mental health versus just physical health. But my sister was the one that got everything. And I was just like, Hey, I'm the second child. I'll be here if anybody needs me. Right? <laughs> hey, remember me? So uh, my sister is my therapist. She's not really a therapist, but she likes to therapize me. And that was really smart the way that she handles it. But I can't help thinking would I have had that had it been one. Okay, now fast forward, get out of pregnancy, get out of pregnancy, now they're here. You had the issue, you are so smart. You're so smart and pretty. So really. <laughs> Look, you're like a double whammy. Um, but it, you know, once they were here, now I have kids that I have one, she stopped breathing twice in the house. We had to do CPR on her two times, once on, e- on St. Patty's Day, once on Easter. Oh, oh joy, this is great. Oh, why is that happening? Well, you know, they were born premature and their, you know, their lungs didn't finish developing and you know their organs weren't finished cooking because you delivered them early. Nobody was blaming me, but because they were born early, they weren't finished cooking. That's just the reality of what it is. And so they had all these problems. My daughter was on an apnea monitor for seven months. My son received seven years of, of support services of physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. The dude didn't even say mom until he was four. Until he was four. And I would have shirts that would say Einstein was a late talker too because I was so sick of everybody's shit about, oh, you should get him to see somebody. Yeah, no duh, you moron. Like, of (laughs) course, like I know that. I really hate people, but everybody's like, oh, how early were they? And I was like, everybody got in your business and it made me Mm -hmm. crazy. I couldn't blend. There was no blending as a twin parent. It was like you walk down the street with your twin stroller and it was literally like, there might've been a peanut grinder in front of me. Like, the the (laughs) sideshow. And everybody would stop me. So where I just want to be like, let me be a normal parent. Let me blend. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to hide in my little cave. There was no cave. It was literally like there was a light on me. I'm not even kidding you, especially living in New York City. Crap-ola kids. They they were like, oh my gosh, twins? No, they're not twins. You know, like, what do you say? And then they would say, are they identical? Clearly. Like she'd be dressed in like hot pink and he would be in like
1: blue dinosaurs. I've never considered this. But what if we just started saying, no, they're not twins with people. I say
0: that all the time. I never said they were twins. (laughs) I
1: like, I'm like,
0: I wanted to say, you're so dumb. Why are you asking me this? Right? Like, can't you see, like, what do you
1: think they are? I just, I I never considered just lying and saying they weren't twins to get people to stop asking me or just I did
0: know. or I would say like oh he's 3 weeks older.
1: <laughs> right?
0: Like I I got so sick of it. Now and that's a record scratch. In hindsight, I'm sorry to all of you that received my wrath during my postpartum period. Um but I was really really identical. Uh, like oh wait, that was the other thing. I was really aggravated and that everybody would say You know, are they identical? And I swear to you, I would say everything but her penis. Because what are, like, what do you, how could they be identical? Oh, and then I love when I'd be like, like, eventually it just became like part of your life that everybody would be like, oh, are they identical? And I was like, no, you know, it's impossible for different genders to be identical. But I swear, Jewel, I love this one time that I was walking and somebody's like, well, you know, that's not entirely true because one of them could have been born intersexed. And then I'd be like, I really, I wanted to like rip my eyebrows out and just be like, God, why am I having this discussion? Like, don't I have enough problems? I don't need an intersex child a- on top of everything that I'm dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Julie's, tubercul-
1: <laughs> Julie's tuberculosis exactly. <laughs> sorry guys I think I have uh, I have adult onset asthma apparently so yeah and Ooh.
0: that's probably because your babies
1: were born early <laughs> I'm just gonna blame that, right probably. yeah, yeah. I, that's what yeah. I do now it's funny while you were t- I'm sorry I'm getting a lot of we're getting a lot of uh laugh faces um but also a lot of really incredible comments of people sharing their stories too so I'll get to those in a second but I was just trying to when you said that you didn't seek help and that what I did was smart, I was mm-hmm. thinking back and I was like, why did I go seek help? And then I realized it was because I was already in therapy when I was pregnant. And you know why I was in therapy? Mm. Because I had a miscarriage. Oh. So I had a miscarriage when I did uh, the IUI, which if you don't know is the, um, you know, an artificial insemination. It was the second try. I know the first, tr- the second try it took. And then it was like a few days later, they were like, guess what? You're not pregnant." It's like. Um, And then they literally like, do you want to talk to our therapist that we refer in house for miscarriage and infertility? They're like, we really think you should talk to her. Cause I was falling apart. And I was like, I can't, I can't even. And they were like, how about we have her call you? I was like, fine, have her call me. So she called me and she called me a couple of times, I think before I really got back to her and I went and saw her. So I was seeing a miscarriage and infertility um, therapist for a while. So then once I got pregnant, I stayed with her. Yeah. So that really, really did make a difference.
0: I wish that, I wonder if anybody, if anybody recently just had IVF, I'm curious to know if you had emotional, like mental health support through your IVF. I did not, I was pretty much like, like, I don't know why. I, I mean, this was 13 years ago, almost 14 years ago. It wasn't like IVF was a new thing. mm mm-hmm. But there still weren't, a, the place that I went to, no, nah, I definitely didn't have any emotional support services. It should be kind of like mandatory. Right? And I feel the
1: same way. If they hadn't offered yeah. it, I wouldn't even have thought that it was a thing to do.
0: I don't know why it's not. And then also um, a, in the NICU, it should be yes. mandatory. And can I tell you, not only in the NICU, but somebody should be following up. Yeah. So whatever guys, you know what the moral of the story is not everybody is thrilled that they have, you know, the record scratch, the bonus heartbeat. Not everybody, sometimes people are, and you know, God bless you. If you were like, I am so happy for you. If when you heard that first heartbeat, there was still hope of a second heartbeat, right? Like if you're that person, that's like, (gasps) Oh, Like that second heartbeat you hear and you have that gasp and you're so excited. I'm thrilled for you. Yeah. But please don't judge me for feeling the way that I do. You know, I don't judge you for being happy about it. And I like, I get crazy when people, I don't like when anybody judges anybody. It's a pet peeve of mine. The whole mom guilt, the whole, oh, do it this way, right? Like Twiniversity classes. If you've ever taken a Twiniversity class, it is the opposite of judgment, right? In the beginning of 20 classes, I don't know if Julie says this in hers, but one of the first things that I say is, please don't use the hand dryers in the bathroom. I find them very distracting. (laughs) And the second thing I say is, my word is not law. My word is not law. I'm going to give you suggestions. Sometimes it's going to be too many suggestions and you're going to hate me. Sometimes you just want me to tell you what to do, but I can't because I don't live your life. Mm. And because you can't, I'm not going to judge what's best for you because I don't know. I don't know what's best for you. I don't want to make even like a product recommendation and say, Oh, this is the car seat you should get. Maybe that's out of your price range. Maybe you could afford something a lot better than what I was going to typically suggest. Maybe you don't have a car and you're just going to skip the car seats. Like I can't, I cannot even make such great suggestions for you. And that's where I feel like a lot of other um, classes fall short is because they're so like specific towards like my opinion, my opinion, my opinion to university, although I do express my opinion, if you notice to university, it is not the shout. If you look at the articles on Twin Diversity, when I started Twin Diversity, it never was the natural. It was not about my experience. And I didn't love being a twin mom in the beginning. And I had needed a lot of therapy. And I had a shitty pregnancy. And I, you know, live in a walk-up and I'm in a you know, a suburban area. I mean, um, an urban area, and I have my mom help me, and we never needed a babysitter. Like, I can't, I would have literally four people following us if it was about my story. It's about our story. This is one portion of our story. Twiniversity is our chance to tell our side of this parenting experience because I'm seeing already right now. And for those of you listening on the podcast, we're filming this live on Facebook. So we're getting to watch these comments come in and all of you who have multiple children are like, it's totally different. It's not the same experience. Yeah. Thank God. And, but look, if you never had this experience, you wouldn't know what it was about, right? I'm not judging you for saying, that. Uh, oh, my singleton way of doing things is right. No, this is about our voice, our time to tell our side of the story. I'm not saying I don't care about you and your one baby, although I do utter those words on a regular basis because so many times people tell me, Nat, I'm Jewel. Jewel, you probably heard it too. You should really teach classes for singletons. This would be great. I wish I had this with my first baby. You know what? Everybody listening right now, good for you. You go start a class for you and your one baby. Okay, go do it. I have, I really don't have an interest in talking to people with their one baby because it is not, we are not playing the same ball game at all. This is a very different situation. And the way that I feel and the things that I do and the products I have and the even just the gestation time that we have is going to be different. Everything is going to be different, but this is for you guys. So I hope that you know that this was never the Nat show and that this is our chance to tell our story. But these comments are really fantastic. And I'm sorry for those of you that are pregnant right now, not sorry that you're pregnant, but sorry if you're like, oh, this is a buzzkill." it's not a buzzkill. It's reality. This is my side. This is Julie's side. And if you look at the comments, apparently this story is way too freaking common to not be discussed on a regular basis. You know, it's, it's just absolutely crazy, but I really do. I get excited when everybody's excited about it. And when people come to class, you know, I, I teach here and it's, it's a, it's, Definitely a, you know, a melting pot, right? New York City is a melting pot. So last month I had, uh, I think I had eight families and out of the eight families, six of them were from another country and were planning on going back to that country. Wow, that's odd. Yeah, Jewel, it was really weird. It was really weird. But I was like, okay, well, now that I know you're only gonna stay in this country for a little bit of time because everybody wanted to go back to their other to their original country, because it was twins, because they wanted their mom. They wanted their sister.
1: They wanted their village. Yep.
0: Yes. So they initially came here for work or for school, which is why a lot of people end up in New York. I don't think anybody's coming just for the plays like Julie would, (laughs) Um, but you know, they want to go back to, to where their, their family is and where they grew up and they want the help of their people around them. So it's different. And now had those people had a singleton, I don't think they would have been like, we're tapping out. Yeah, I'm going back or even moving. So many of my students move because they're like, oh, I'm in a tiny one bedroom and now we need space. You could raise a single baby in a one bedroom without question. Raising twins, eh, it's still possible by the way,
1: but um, it's not, it's not as easy. I had a couple this month. Well, I still do. My part two is on, uh is on Wednesday, but where they said they're only in a one bedroom right now. And I was like, how long is your lease? When can you get out of it? <laughs> when can you move up? Yeah, meanwhile, two-by-nine?
0: their their one bedroom could be 1,100 square feet. You know, like this is the way That's I true. think. It could I be say, huge. I always say, how big is your one bedroom? Because, you know, they sell those, like, um those giant Lego blocks that you could actually use <gasps> as room dividers. Did you know this? No. Oh, Jewel. Hello. Let me tell you. Let me teach Nats you. That's life hacks. Hello. I know all about this. Um, As a New Yorker, if you're renting, you can't modify an apartment because it's against like you're not allowed but you could do temporary things. So, they sell on Amazon. They make you they giant Lego block room dividers and they're even great if you live in a home and your twins are tired of sharing a room, you could put up a wall between them. <gasps> I know. I'm life changing. That's what I do. I'm here <laughs> to make your life better. That's what I do. That's what I do. That's what I do. That's your 80s theme song? Oh, I love it! The more you know,
1: <laughs> it sounded like an yeah. '80s uh, family. Like it was uh, only the hand gestures that
0: made it feel that way.
1: <laughs> Sorry, people podcast people, listening. we're doing hand gestures.
0: Yes, if people, if you can't see it, but I like to. I often
1: <laughs> Show me that myself. smile again. That's what it reminded me of. Do, do, do. Yes,
0: I could hear that. I could hear that. I could go on a whole tangent about the theme song to Sanford and Son. By the way, <laughs> something I learned over the weekend. Do you know that's a real song? No, the real if song? You, if you ask she who must not be named Alexa. Um, I can't say her name, but if you ask her to play
1: it, she'll play
0: Baltimore. you No, she'll play you the original whole version of the song. I think by we'll do the way that for
1: our our theme music going out.
0: I'm sure it's a copyright infringement, so I can't <laughs> but I got to find out legally how many seconds we're allowed to play of that. We'll do a
1: fake one like they do on 30 Rock. We'll, we'll just remake the song. I like it.
0: I like it. Oh my gosh. All right. Now I think we're talking for, this is our seventh hour. I,
1: I feel, I feel like we're getting, we're coming to the end of this, this conversation, funny. but I feel like um, I was reading a lot of the comments and a lot of people um, were saying, cause this is actually this topic was an article of the day um, today. So look out for that. Um, but I feel like a lot of people were pretty supportive. There were some people who just didn't really get it and just didn't want to, which it's like, you know, that's your prerogative. But there were a lot of people who were very supportive and understanding, um, even if it didn't happen to them. But many people were saying, you know, just wait, it does get better as your kids get older, and you're not having to be as hands-on 24-7. It You know, it does, like, lighten up as the years go on. And I absolutely feel that way. I feel like now my boys are about to turn six and I feel like it's absolutely gotten a lot easier, you know, different problems, but you know, it's definitely not that like weight of, I have to have my eyes on them every single second Mm -hmm. or someone may get seriously injured kind of thing. Like now I can kind of like go lay down in my room with the door closed and they're just like out here doing whatever. You know, it's made a big difference in not having to be like on all the time. And I think that's where a lot of the stress and exhaustion comes from. All
0: right, now could we talk a tiny bit about the positives?
1: Yes. I think we have to end it on a high
0: note. I love that. In hindsight, I do wish that I would have gotten to experience a singleton pregnancy in my life. I still do. I, and by the way, for those of you that don't know, after the twins were born, I was pretty much forbidden from having any more children by your doctor by my doctor shop had to close because I had significant postpartum um, hemorrhaging, not even bleeding. There was no bleeding is a nice word. This was like slaughter time in the OR. So I can make light of it now because I'm alive, but, um, it, the doctor is pretty confident that if I ever roll those dice again, I wasn't making it out of that room. So guess what? Shop's closed. Hope somebody answers that bell <laughs> so shop is closed. And I would have liked that. We could have adopted a singleton. I could have played this game, but because I don't know if you heard the beginning of the story, my son had a lot of therapy and it was just not going great. And there was no choice of the second one, but when they were little, Sometimes I would sit there and I would be playing with them on the floor. And I'm going to say maybe when they were like three, by the time they got to three, I kind of accepted the fact that I really had to finish raising them because nobody was coming to rescue me. Although some, although on the playground, I would often pretend that I was the nanny and I would tell them, I'm going to tell their mother about this. Like when the kids were acting like morons, uh, I'd be like, brilliant. wait till their mother finds out because that's my kids funny. don't look like me. My kids, my I mean, my son kind of looks like me. My, my, I look like oh, my yeah. daughter's nanny. That's what I look like. I don't my look kids look. are like blonde hair and blue eyed. So, yeah. and I'm, yeah, you I know. I see that. Yeah, they're all Mike's kids. Yeah. They're not your kids. Right. <laughs> Honestly, it's a little <laughs> confusing. But yes, I have the same thing. So, but when they were three, I would sometimes sit there and go, okay, if it was one, which one would it have been? Right. And then. This is my internal dialogue I would never I by the way I do talk about this now that they're 13 we have this discussion of which one it would have been. My daughter definitely says it would be her because she would have eaten Johnny in the womb, oh. like whatever. My kids have their own very weird twin things happening, but uh I don't know. I I I would not feel like a complete human without both of them. Okay? okay. So my daughter my daughter is like, she gives me a run for my money, right? (laughs) So you could tell, although we look nothing alike, that is 100% my kid. She's super weird. She's very outspoken. She's a take charge type of person. She's not the type of person to make suggestions and not go through with it, which I think is a very, very admirable trait. And Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled that she's the one that got that. She's also so gentle at times, but if there was an apocalypse, I'm glad that she's on my team. Nice. Okay. And then there's my dude who I look at him and he's the size of an NFL linebacker (laughs) at almost 14. And he is one of the most gentle people I have ever met. And He's so creative, but you would never know when he's embarrassed by his creativity and the stories that he writes for school. And I can't believe it, but he's also, he's very, very empathetic and nurturing for a boy. And I know that that's super sexist of me, but because I live in 1942, um, it's true. And so now here's the other thing that I just realized the other day. Jewel, did I tell you about this? Yeah, I think I did tell you about this. My kid had an issue, the, the chick. She had an issue with this dude at school who was being a blithering moron. This kid is just, mm, I can't stand him. But it's illegal to hit other people's children. It's nah. probably illegal to hit your children too. This kid is horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible child. He's very merciless towards her But not towards the rest of the class. Now, my kids just got to the school two years ago from middle school. This kid is like in a gang from kindergarten with these kids. And so every time he goes against my daughter, which is pretty much always, the whole class then gangs up on my daughter. And my daughter gets so sad. She gets so sad. And I had enough of this the other day. And I text this kid and I said, You better tell your mother to call me because that was it. Not for nothing. Not for nothing. There is when the Italian like fighty girl comes out. Like you don't, you don't mess with my puppies, my puppies. And when I know that what she was doing was right, like she was arguing against something that I was like, good for you taking a stand and defending somebody. She was, she was on the right side of this discussion for what an adult would consider the right side. Not I, whatever. Anyway, this kid's mother called me and was like, well, you know, my son, she said, my son is really bothered by how your daughter always just interjects herself into all of his conversations. And I said, um, she's like, oh, he, she must have a crush on him. And I was like, no, she. she totally doesn't because I know who she has a crush on and it's not this kid, <laughs> by the way, whatever. So it was literally that moment that I said, wait a second, you know something that's different and why I'm so happy that I have boy-girl twins because my kids are not they don't play the typical gender roles yeah my daughter has no problem going to throw herself into a boy conversation or going to play with a boy's kickball and my son has no problems hanging out with the girls and turning a jump rope so they could jump my kids don't have that typical gender role as I do air quotes because they were born with a fraternal twin of the opposite gender. So when, when I was raising the kids, I wasn't like here Anna, you're going to go do girl stuff and here, Johnny, you're going to do boy stuff. But for kids that were raised that way, it is a little creepy that my daughter is like in it with the boys since the beginning. And my son's in it with the girls since the beginning. That's something that I don't think would ever happen if I didn't, have twins. Now, sure. I could have two, you know, a boy and a girl that were born at a different time, but it wasn't only like my saying gender equality. It was the peer pressure of come play with me, come play with me and my friends. It was that where a lot of kids who were born at different times, like my sister, even I, she never said, come play with me and my friends. (laughs) That was a girl. She hated me. So there's a lot. There was, there's that is one giant asset, and then I could go on like the whole slave labor of things. Holy crap! It's great to have a lot of kids. <laughs> I no longer fold laundry. I no longer empty a dishwasher. I no longer clean a bathroom. I love it. But they do play this. Let him do it. Let her do it. Blah blah blah. And that's when everybody gets a ticket to the slap machine. <laughs> everybody line gets them up. The tickets do. I really do, I wish that I was the type of mom who hit my kids. I I never have, and I really, I feel like I should have from the beginning, but whatever, it's too late now. But Um, my son, one of my sons likes being spanked, so. That's that's a sensory thing, by the way. When he was little, they're like, you know, that just fills a sensory cup, because I was like, should we spank him
1: when we do this? And they're like, absolutely not. I was very much like, I'm never going to be that person to spank my children, because my mother was very much like that until I had Alec. And my mother agrees that he is a he he has broke the mold for her, like, because oh she's gosh. definitely wanted to slap him. Um, you know, when you kind of push him just a little too hard because oh you just can't slap him ah! but, you know, I finally yes. got to a point where I was so frustrated and he was being so naughty that I didn't spank him, and he loved it. And I was like, yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it, it's filling his
0: sensory cup. And for those of you who have uh sensory kids or kids with a sensory deficit, it's it's totally you can't. You can't yeah,
1: he loved that impact, that yeah. feeling. And that's why it's he's always knocking into us. He's yeah. constantly knocking into us all the time because it makes him it makes him feel good. He's yeah, not doing us, he really, he's yes. also doing it for attention, but also like oh knocking God. against us to because he it makes him feel good oh my god yeah i know
0: (sighs) you got a lot of it doesn't really go away by the way he still has my son at 14 still has sensory issues and you know the when we went to go tour high school the other day he was like shaking his leg you ever see people do that and so it could annoy the crap out of people around us Mm -hmm. but uh I'm like, good for you, buddy. He's filling a sensory cup. Like to me, I know that that's what he's doing. My husband does the same thing, by the way. So bouncing
1: his leg, like like turn yeah. your motor off. That's kind yeah. of, that's the sensory he's thing.
0: Like this, like, yeah. Like when you yeah. do this. That's
1: right. Cause that's, that's among, you, you know, Even I, you do that? No, well, no, I, I remember I took a video of Alec and Desmond when they were sitting at their little like preschooler toddler table, mm-hmm. eating a snack or something. I have a video of their legs. Um, where I because Alex's legs were bouncing feet his feet were bouncing all over the place like his feet were leaving the ground bouncing and Desmond's were like yeah. completely still um, we got to do
0: yeah. a whole topic well our uh, we'll next topic to will sensory. be sensory we'll be a series sensory kids we totally sensory.
1: I mean there's so much
0: what are your favorite things about being a twin mom
1: my favorite things about being a twin mom I would say the I want to I want to call it like a tsunami of love that comes across me when they both attack me at once.
0: Yes. You
1: know, you know what I'm talking about, right? When they both attack you and they still do this, you know, but, and they're also boys. So they're also kind of rough, but they literally charge at me almost knocking me over. So yeah, the tsunami of love, let's call it that. And, and then they just hold on to me and it's just like, it's overwhelming every single time in a very good way. Um, so I love that. I love when I see them looking out for one another, even if it's dumb stuff like, um, oh, uh, but you didn't get some of this food that I just got here. Let me just give you some of my food. Oh like what, what goodness. kids do that? Like, that's not really a sibling thing. It's really like a twin thing. I feel like feeling like you don't want your twin to go without Yeah, kind of thing. It, they do that a lot. Um, eh, it's crazy. And then also just getting to be like an experiment, like being able to kind of watch them grow up and, you know, seeing just how different they are and understanding at my core that like, it really has like nurture has a lot to do with it, but it's really nature, like who they are as people. Mm -hmm. They're totally different kids. And, you know, Even if they were identical, they're gonna be very different and you have to treat them differently.
0: I love it. You know what Johnny said yesterday? So my daughter is like, she's an artist and she wants to go to this art school. And so he walked the dog yesterday and he said, and I don't know if this is a twin or a sibling thing, but he came up and he's like, mom, I've really been thinking about this and I don't know if Anna should be an artist. And I I said, okay, why do you feel that? And he's like, well, I'm worried about her. I'm worried if she's gonna make enough money to support herself. And I mean, she could live with me, but I don't know how much of an allowance I could give her. <laughs> so awesome. I, I said, so what am I gonna be dead? Like, did you literally? (laughs) You're out of the picture. Like, that's it. Like, he's like, he's going to have to support her for the rest of her life because she's choosing to be an artist. And so I tried to explain, I was like, but Johnny, you understand that artist isn't just like, let me draw this painting and put it in a museum. It could be, let me make this package of almonds. Let me make a video game. Let me make, you know, a card for Hallmark. Like there's, it's not just, Like what, like an artist encompasses a lot of different things. And I said, I have a hunch that your sister will be able to support herself because your sister has, uh caviar dreams of uh <laughs> so i and i was like and i'm not supporting you know that she wants these shoes that are three hundred dollars champagne champagne dreams on a and caviar a
1: wishes that <laughs> totally champagne wishes and yeah. caviar
0: dreams and in this art night. school what i love about this art school that she's going to is that they are trying to raise these kids Um, to teach them that, you know, we don't want you to be a starving artist, you have to learn graphic arts, all this other stuff. But I love that he took responsibility for her. And it was a given that he that she was going to live with him. Like he was, he was just he was worried about like spending money. Like if she could have her Starbucks croissant that she loves, that's $2.70. That's exactly how much it is. So he was worried about this and I'm like, you know, it's okay. And like, but I I love that when it's funny because me and my husband had the same discussion. About her being an artist, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't really want her to be an artist. And no offense to all you artists out there, but I don't want her to not have her two dollars and seventy cents well,
1: croissant um, if she wants it. I was a theater major, and look how I turned out.
0: Yeah, it's and that's what my husband's like. He's like, I'm a lawyer, and look what happened. Like, just because you go to school for something doesn't mean that's where you're going to land. Yeah, but I
1: always my my beef is if my children want to go into the arts. I would really, really like them to learn a trade at the same time, whether yeah. it be typing and being able to be an executive assistant or a plumber or a carpenter. Well like something that like is a need that people are going to need so that when you're an artist, whatever it is you're doing, a musician, an actor, whatever, you always have some way to make income at the same time. Yes.
0: We're totally off topic. We should end Sorry. this Sorry, I'm not, yes. we're,
1: we could go on like that. We could this be an eight hour
0: Facebook. This is why we don't get a lot done at Twiniversity on Sunday, <laughs> because this is just what happens. We kind of you know, like each other too much; it's too much. We do, and <laughs> you know, it's. I guess it's what people have at a regular office if you were in different cubicles, and we're we're very lucky to have each other. But how we found each other was by being a twin mom, and how I found the majority of my little, you know, mom squad, my personal village, really was entirely about being a twin mom, I always have gravitated towards twin, twin parents first, twin dads too, obviously my squad is not just made up of, of twin moms, but I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable. And we're such a crazy community and we're such a supportive community. And it's kind of like my twins relationship. Like you guys could live in my basement, but I don't know if I could give you spending money. It's the same <laughs> like, I want to take care of you and I'm going to do as much as I can. And that's why Twiniversity exists is because I feel that, and I know a lot of you feel it too when it comes to other twin parents, whether you, if you're at a playground and there's hundreds of kids there, but you see a double stroller, I can make you a bet that if you don't sit next to them, you're going to keep eyes on those kids too. It's just what happens. We're we're a really fascinating community and we're really lucky. And while, you know what? Maybe we didn't start out the story with, you know, the, the warm and fuzzies, but you certainly get to a point, like Julie said, it's one thing to feel this way. It's another thing of what you do with those feelings. And I'm very excited to say that, yeah, there's still moments that I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do with these two kids? I have two kids going into high school at the same exact time. We got to go to everybody's freaking open houses. And eventually we're going to have two kids going into college. I mean, this is, this is what reality is. I wish right? I would love to have the experience of going through this once so that I know what to do the second time around. Not happening for me. Totally not happening. So it's the baptism by fire, which is what it really is. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I love being a twin mom. I say the two things that I identify myself as most is a New Yorker and a twin mom. Before anything else. And I'm telling you, you guys could call me whatever you want. But that's what I would call myself and I already have a tattoo on my wrist of two little stars that are my two little twinnies. And at some point I'll get some tattoo that's the I love New York sign I don't know that's a little hokey, but um, it's a big part of my life. And I know it's a big part of your life. And if you're not too happy, if you're listening to this towards the beginning of your pregnancy or towards the beginning of your parenting journey and you're like, I get it, I really do promise you it really does get better. And you know what? It may not be sunshine and roses every single day, but you're gonna have a lot of sunshine and roses, but only if you look for it. If you only, if you prepare for the rain and every day is gonna be gloomy, every day will be gloomy. All right. But I have, I raised two of my biggest fans. They applaud me every time I sing. We have a dance party every Friday. I never have to worry if somebody doesn't want to dance with me. I always have a bonus child that's willing to do things. Uh-huh. And I, I really, really love it. And I'm, I'm honored that you guys listened to this whole thing today. Crap. It's like four and a half hours of discussion.
1: <laughs> you could have still
0: watching. Yeah, I don't know why. why? <laughs> we don't know why, but I I just want to say that you know the story doesn't end here. The twiniversity story continues. Julie's got a lot of articles on twiniversity. I am always around. I have a lot of Facebook lives and stuff up that you guys could watch. But I really just want to say thank you so much for listening today. And if you really do feel doom and gloom and you feel like this isn't going the way you want to, the first thing I'll say is speak to your pediatrician and maybe start. Looking for some actual trained, um, you know, mental health assistance. There's no shame in that game whatsoever. But we also have, if you just like need somebody to talk to a little bit, Twiniversity has a mentorship program that was developed just for this. We never want you to feel alone. And while I can't have, you know, a thousand mentees because I'm trying to, you know, still raise my own kids, to be very honest with you guys. We do have parents out there who want to help you, who want to be a part of your story and say, hey, listen, I've been through that. I know how you feel. So you aren't alone. And you could just, if you go onto the Twiniversity website, there's a little magnifying glass. Just put in mentor. That's all you have to put in. And then you're going to find the keyword. It'll find it on our site. But Thank you so much for being a part of our community. And if you need more information on our classes, they're at Twiniversity.com slash classes. And we're here on every single social platform you could imagine under Twiniversity. So, Jewel, you want to thank him for listening today?
1: Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you for joining in. Yeah, we love it. And people
0: love when Julie and I do these. I was watching all the the different podcasts that we do. So here you go. That's for you guys who love when Julie and I play together. Although we go off on many tangents, including Sanford and Son, you never know what's going to happen. So thank you. Please take me out, Julie. So thank you so much for listening. And until the next time, Natalie Diaz at Twiniversity. See you later, alligators. Bye.